Take two. So epic. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Flying through the air, going to the sky islands to build a ship. Yeah, building my own, literally MacGyvering. I'm going to attach some rockets to a block, and I'm going to propel myself forward. Yeah, quick, get me two fans, a <laughs> snorkel, and a bunch of bubble gum. I'm going to put together three logs and make a raft. Yeah, I need to. I actually need to put the MacGyver theme on here. <laughs> Come on, old people. Where are you? There was a reboot, but nobody cared about it. Old people. Yes. You're talking about us. Here we go. Link. Link quickly. You need to combine these four very specific things to get us out of this situation. All I have is a, a squirt bottle, some sulfuric acid. And two boxes of Legos. And an acorn. And we need to defuse this <laughs> nuclear bomb. <laughs> Quick link. <laughs> make us some pepper steaks so we can make it through this. <laughs> Fuse this Semtex to an arrow and get us out of this terrorist base. I don't know why unofficial U.S. agents are in this undescript uh, Central American country helping to overthrow the government. But don't ask too many questions. It's the 80s. <laughs> do you want some cocaine? It has something to do with bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Old person humor. I love a good MacGyver joke. It's been a while since I was able to <laughs> deploy a good MacGyver joke. That used to be like the cultural reference. Right. I mean, people still say MacGyver it. Right? right. But like people, I don't think people who use that now kind of know what MacGyver even is. Yeah. I don't know if Gen Z would understand that reference. No, I, it's funny. Cause uh, I, like I have clear memories of being very young and that being the thing that, you know, if your parents let you stay up and watch on whatever night it was on, like that was, this is Israel, even this is even the, the States, but like it was the, oh, did you watch MacGyver? Oh my God. Oh he built a, he built a thing and it made it something go boom. MacGyver taught you life skills. <laughs> like that's when you learned that like okay, you could take random shit in your house and put it together and make a thing. Yes, MacGyver is the MacGyver is the 80s version of a life hacks video. <laughs> right, like you you can figure out like okay, I need to accomplish this task and I don't have the correct tool per se, but let me like see if I could just use like a butter knife and like a torque wrench and get this done. It was, I mean, if you, I mean, jokes aside, I, we're, this is like a totally off topic. I don't know how we <laughs> talking about fucking MacGyver, but like all of the jokes aside, it did actually like try to, I think, promote the idea of having a lot of general knowledge because it wasn't so much that he knew how to lash a knife to a thing. It was more that he was like, you know, I know from high school chemistry that, uh, you know, if you mix these two metals, you can create an uh, electrolysis. So I'm going to use it to strip the coating from this silver thing and use it. It was more like that. It was more like he knew how to do things. He would kind of sort of explain how he knew. 
Right. We got here because it's starting to come out now that like game journalists and everything are starting to get like preview playthroughs of Tears of the Kingdom, which they Nintendo is is kind of embargoing it. So there's not a lot that they can talk about. Like, it's funny. You'll see like reviews like they can show certain amounts of gameplay. Like they got 50 minutes of free play, but you can only use 15 minutes of it in your video. And you have to be very careful of what you say and what you don't say. But a big part, it looks like in Tears of the Kingdom is going to be this idea of like MacGyvering things like Link is going to be taking things and fusing them together and using Ultra Hand to make things to go forward in the game progression. Yeah. Now we don't have to go into the weeds on this. I don't think we're going to talk about it too much no. today, but I will say that uh, a thing that uh, is very interesting to me because re- the, the idea is like replayability, how to, how to make a game replayable is a big element of game design not every game obviously but like the the idea that you know you want people to be able to play your game through more than once and there is an element of uh, randomness to the items that you get to build the things with that means that you really can in essence have very different experiences playing this game multiple times you're going to come up on some kind of challenge and you're going to have a different set of items there with you That'll force you to do things differently. Uh, a lot of quality of life improvements, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, uh, just, you know, interesting. And now everybody's at the phase I was saying, I'm trying to figure out a way to watch something and not watch it at the same time. Like try to absorb exactly as much information from it as I want and exactly no other information, which is obviously impossible. But the idea is like you kind of half watch it. And if, if you feel like they're going to stray into something, you kind of pause or you skip ahead. It's a very it's a precarious position. Well, it is also something, again, going back to how Nintendo's kind of embargoing this and kind of putting restrictions on even people who were allowed to film their gameplay, which you can and cannot show. I mean, you're not going to get spoilers at this point. Like, Nintendo is not going to allow that. Well, I mean, they already – so it already happened as we as we spoke. IGN Japan did, actually put in their did, video something they weren't supposed to, and it got taken down did and they, stuff. Did they send Pinkerton in? Yes, they sent the, they sent the <laughs> Japanese Pinkertons after them. They sent an anime team of half-demons and <laughs> sentient <laughs> objects or whatever. I don't know what Japan does for their law enforcement. I only know Japan through anime, so I just <laughs> – I assume all their law enforcement is conducted by young girls who are somehow cybernetic or something like that. I, I just assume it's like robot assassins. Yes, exactly. Oni-chan, you're under arrest. Kawaii. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, again, it's uh, it's what is it like three? Is it three weeks away? Is yeah, it three? About, I no, I'm sorry. It's, it's two weeks right, from Friday. The, I must say it's the fifth. Is no, the twelfth. It's the yeah. Okay, so yeah. It's, I knew it was one of the dates that started with a one. It is the. <laughs> it was one of those. There's there's ten of them, <laughs> or nine. But uh, no, if you count the first of the month, there's Whatever. ten of them. Um, but uh, y- yeah, you're gonna be seeing me play it certainly, and Jen will be here for some of it, I guess, because I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be like who somebody sits down next to me in the haze of hours of gameplay, and I look and it's like, is that is that Jen? 
Like there, it, there's, uh, there's, like, uh, there's going to be some woman sitting next to you, and you're just gonna have to figure out which one of. Us I'll it feel is. like one of those. There's a, <laughs> there's a new anime show on Netflix called uh, Isekai Ojisana, Uncle from Another World, mm-hmm. and it kind of flips the waking up in a fantasy world genre on its head. It's about someone whose uncle has been in a coma for 17 years, and when he wakes up, he says, "I've been in a fantasy world all these years." And his nephew's obviously that's bullshit, but he comes back with like magical powers. Right. right. So clearly, it was real. Like, and the, and the ability to like replay his memories to the nephew or whatever. And so that's how I'll feel. I'll look up and it'll be Jen. It's like, Jen, I just, hi, is this, what, which is Hyrule the weird real world? And this is a dream, which it's like Narnia where you forget which one is the world you actually are from. Am I actually Link? Yes. Tom, Can I fly? Mr. Thomas, is that you? Where's the lamppost? No, no, you can't fly. You don't have a parasail. Please yes. get away from the window. I, there's only Whoa. one way to find out. There's <laughs> only, I gotta go. Hold on. I'm gonna, de- don't worry, Jen. I'm gonna deploy my ultra hand at the last moment. I have my paraglider. I'm just gonna pull it out and float safely to the. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, now, now you're down in Yoko's yard and she's gonna be mad. <laughs> It's just be barking because somebody right. something's there. There's a stain in my yard. There's somebody in my yard. <laughs> I'm angry. Anyway, what were we even going to talk about? Everybody okay. got fired. We everybody's fired. Yeah, I'm, our, I'm, we, we're so, still employed. So yeah, we do. So we do ambitious crossover attempt on. Uh, yeah, don't worry. I pressed save. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um. We so we record ambitious crossover attempt on Sunday. It drops Monday morning, and uh, oh boy, was this an example of an episode that was like out of date by the second it came out? Not because it made some kind of wrong prediction, but because everyone had immediately moved on to the um, seventeen was, big things that happened on Monday. It was, it was a whole last week before Monday at five p.m. So for real. So the, who said was it Lennon who said something like? Uh, some some uh some weeks take years or no sorry some some years or whatever and some days some 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 years years happen in days or whatever yeah Yeah, that was good we did justice to sorry sorry lennon (laughs) (laughs) sorry for botching your quote lennon stupid Uh, commie (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah it was uh it it, and and it hasn't stopped because today with the disney thing Right. It's so. it's even more so okay, so Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon both got fired, right? Within like an hour ish. Yeah, for each, unrelated. Or at least or at least it became public within like an hour ish of each other. Yeah, and for unrelated reasons. It right. wasn't some kind of like, hey, we'll hey, we'll fire. You wanna it's like a trade, like a baseball <laughs> trade. CNN's like, Psst, you want us to get rid of Don Lemon? But like do you wanna do like a like a quick like a quid pro quo, yeah. yeah. You want to, you want to <laughs> listen. If you, if you if you fire Tucker Carlson, we'll fire Don Lemon. I'm just sad MSNBC didn't get in on that massacre. Right. They have many people I would wish would be out of work now. Um. So there was a unfortunately everybody's sharing Gabriel Sherman's story from Rolling Stone or whatever about why Tucker was fired and like really seriously look up Gabe Sherman and, and how he literally just invents shit. Well, here's the thing and. Kind of in the wake of Tucker getting fired and Fox News making this public, which I I knew I knew this this was dirty. I, I knew this was some shady shit when they announced that like, okay, we're Tucker Carlson is no longer employed at Fox News. His last show was 
Friday, April 21st. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. the retro, the retroactive last show is never a good sign. Like, wow. All right. You didn't even give him a chance to say goodbye. You no. just, he walked in on Monday morning and you just handed him a box. It was yeah. like, get your shit and get out. Yeah. It's when you get the phone call and your email is already deactivated by the time you get the phone call. <laughs> he showed up to Fox News and like swiped yeah. his employee card and it was like, yeah. <laughs> yep. That, that, that will literally happen. I believe that, um, uh, allegedly, <clears throat> allegedly, mm. uh, in some cases, that was how uh, Sirius XM satellite radio let people go. They had security waiting with their shit downstairs. Mm-hmm. And when they came to key themselves right. in, they would get denied entry and they would be handed their stuff and sent, uh, sent, the pack sent, in? Pack, sent a pack in, sent in the right lobby. Back to the house. <laughs> That is fucked up. Again, I understand, you know, employ you have somebody trashed off. There's like there's reasons, but it's still fucked up, and it's still got a. And and if you don't feel gross having to do it, even again, even understanding like the the real world necessity of it, right. you're still, uh, yeah, yeah it's you're, still... a, you're a sus person to me. If that doesn't make you feel uneasy, I was in the military. I had to chew people out in the military. I always felt fucking bad about it. Even when I was a hundred percent right to do it, it right. never felt great to chew somebody out. Right. Cause you know, you just like royally fucked up somebody's day. It's yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I did not like, I did not like, uh, having like command duties. I wasn't an officer. It was internally i was like in charge of people as like a shift supervisor or whatever (laughs) your middle management i mean because sort of i mean it's hard to explain without getting into detail but but the idea was yeah like people were subordinate to me in a way and i could you know i could write them up for a court martial in theory which i never did uh but yeah, like I sometimes I had to like a few times I had to like yell at somebody in front of other people because it was Ugh. and I fucking hated it. Ugh. I hated it. And I hated that people who were my friends before I got promoted had a <sighs> harder time associating with. There was a whole thing. I mean, it's I a that. there's Ugh. a whole it's a whole story. And then we had to like whatever the, right. the, the military kind of screwed us over to in that sense because they then forced us because we because we weren't officers, we were forced to be both like in charge of people, but also like we shared the same dorms. We were expected to hang out socially with these people. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird situation. And so I hated it. Yeah. And so people who revel in that, like, again, I understand the necessity of being a shit to somebody sometimes, but people who enjoy it or don't mind who just do it and it doesn't register on their scale. Right. And so there's been a lots of rumors on Monday. Which I, I want to I want to say it was on Monday because there has been radio silence since then, and I believe this is because Fox News has basically decided we are not saying another word about it, and if we catch you, Fox News employee, saying anything else about it, you can go join him on the unemployment line because this is how Fox News operates. Yeah, and there's a there's an uh, there's a story that they have an oppo file on Tucker. That they'll unleash oh, no if he doubt. starts shit. Although I'll tell you why. I, I'll tell you the thing that made me skeptical about the story was the kinds of oppo they said it included. It was like evidence that he ha- fostered a toxic work environment. It's like, no yeah, shit. like that shit. Is that shit really going to damage Tucker That's, Carlson? If they have some kind of. At this point? Yeah, if they have some kind of hidden video of him talking about how much of a lib he is or something like that. That's right. different. That's what I mean. And yeah, Gabe Sherman, who say, who claims that he was fired because. Rupert Murdoch's girlfriend mentioned at a dinner that he was like a biblical prophet. And then the next day he dumped her and fired him or something like that. I think there's a yearning in some circles 
to perceive people like Rupert Murdoch or Elon Musk or whatever to be entirely and always frivolous about how they approach life. Oh, look at these billionaires just throwing money on a fire. And yeah, that sometimes happens. Billionaires sometimes do rash and like uh, impulsive things with levels of money that are beyond what any of us can imagine. But like the idea that after all of this time and with all of this shit that happened right now, that the mm-hmm. thing that caused him to fire Tucker was that he was mad at his ex. I That reads super fucking fake to me. And a lot of other people who I don't love, Maggie Habermans and all kinds of people like that, have entirely different narratives that are related to uh, his produ- the lawsuit that his ex-producer, right. Booker, is bringing against him, Smartmatic – which yeah, that's, yeah, Smartmatic is coming for the Swanson fortune. See, North North Squatch knows what's what. Tucker Carlson is through a step parent heir to the Swanson right. fortune. He grew up on Martha's Vineyard. You know the guy. It's like it's amazing how you, how you don't get more blue blood than Tucker Carlson. You're, it would be funny. He's got four names. Yeah, <laughs> and you know people are saying like, oh, maybe he'll be Trump's right. You know, he should be Trump's running mate. You know, that would be perfect for him or whatever. Yeah. But but and the 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 comedy of like a an anti-establishment uh, sort of ticket with two such like born millionaires, born, yes, silver spoon born high society people is just incredible. Two men born into the correct family, and you know what? You know what? I keep saying, like I, I mention a lot because people say, "Oh, the fall of the Roman Empire," right? And I keep saying, I, I'm, I'm constantly more reminded of the fall of the Roman Republic than the empire is what's going on in America right now. And yeah, every fucking big populist around that time, leading up to and including one Julius Caesar, were like the populare. They were like, "I'm the man of the people." I'm I'm Julius Caesar. Mm, <laughs> make, I'm just like you. Make Rome great again. Macum Romanum Rex. I don't know. I don't know Latin. Hamburgers <laughs> for everybody. Somebody translated. I'm a very Latin normal man. Pax Americana. Um, Jesus. But but and people like him were again like you know like patrician members of patrician families, right. big rich powerful people who like were like sold themselves as like the voice of the, the you know the voice of the proles. Right. And so as far as Tucker getting fired, there's been a lot of reasons put forth. I mean, obviously, the first and foremost that everybody speculated on was the Dominion lawsuit and the settlement where, I mean, Tucker Carlson certainly wasn't the only person on Fox News to push the election conspiracy shit, but he was the most visible one. So, I mean, that was the first thing everybody thought. And then, of course, there is the sexual harassment lawsuit um, there's word that Rupert Murdoch didn't particularly care for some of the text messages that came out yes. during the Dominion lawsuit the about, discovery, him. Yeah. Yeah, about him basically like shitting on Fox News brass and stuff like that. Yes. And so I think ultimately it was a culmination of everything where Tucker basically became more of a liability than an asset. And if you know anything about the history of Fox News, the minute you become more of a liability than an asset, they don't care how big you are. You're done. You're son. done. You're, You're done. done. And You're it's done. happened. This is the third time. 
Fox News is a very yeah. weird business. They're be- ruthless there. Because it's a really big business with a really strong baked-in audience. It fills a niche that people are starved for, right? And yet, almost routinely, becoming like their biggest name makes you a liability to their ongoing business practices. Right. That's really fucking weird. It's like a nuclear reactor. <laughs> And, and like, you know, somebody gets too big, they approach critical mass and you got to shut down the, you got to eject them from the reactor core. It's really weird. Like other places don't operate like this. Really. It used to be like radio used to be a little like that. where like a Howard Stern, like WNBC, you know, they would bring on like a Howard Stern or a Don Imus because they were such big names, but they were such uh, volatile figures that once they got super, super big, they all of a sudden became like too hot. Their heat became too hot, even though they were giant. And they were kind of seeing a similar thing. We've been seeing it for like the past almost 15 years now because it, it happened with uh, with O'Reilly. Right. And it also happened with Glenn Beck. Right. And so a thing to know about how Fox News operates, and they're very open about this. I mean, Rupert Murdoch has not been shy about this is that they basically operate on like a next one up sort of thing. Like there is nobody at Fox News whose job is safe. There is always an understudy. They always have somebody in the stable ready to take your spot. It's like Like, a college football team. (laughs) Right. There is is nobody at Fox News that is too famous to get fired because they have somebody waiting to replace that person. Now, in general, I think that's a good attitude. Right. Especially in the world of like, like really a controversial opinion politics and all kinds of stuff like that. I think it's not a, it's not bad that a network can be like, you're saying shit that makes us all look terrible, but ratings. And so no, Uh, although, I mean, you could argue that they put up with it plenty. It's all, it's all about, you know, it's, it's it's how high the water level is getting right. Uh, And yet they did Don Lemon, totally different situation. Uh, apparently, out of, of all the things that you could have fucking fired things. him, his weird interview with Vivek Ramaswamy, where he kept interrupting him and stuff like that, was the thing that. So basically, Don Lemon doing a Don Lemon interview got him fired. Like, there's I'm very all of these this. articles that came out lately, and I believe Chris Lick was it Chris Lick who like two weeks ago, like a semaphore thing was like Don Lemon is important and an important member of our team. <laughs> but like all of the workplace shit that's come out about him, Caitlin Collins like fired her agent because he was also his agent, right? Like, there's I mean, for real, this is there's a. a and we can talk about his on-screen bullshit and how he's not good at his job. But the fact that he – that someone like that malignant was able to be gross to to women – not to whatever, to women. But yeah, I mean apparently that was the thing. Like he was just disgusting to women all the time. And see, this is the difference between Fox News and other cable news companies. And that's why I wanted to point out kind of the way – that Fox News builds their stable is that there's like there's nobody there at Fox News that is too big to get fired. It's never going to be a situation where they got to wonder like as CNN's like, okay, we fired Don Lemon. Who's going to replace Don Lemon? Fox News is like, we got about like four dudes right now that can replace Tucker Carlson. We don't give a shit. You're fired. Yeah. The fact that like Oliver Darcy and shit, they're acting surprised that Lemon got fired. I mean, come the fuck on, people. I really do not. You know, I know there's lots of money in it. I'm sure all those people make tons of fucking money, oh, right? Sure. But having to 
having to be phony like that. I can't, I can't do it. Right. And I that, can't and... do it. I mean, again, if you dangle millions of dollars in front of my nose right now, will I easily say no? But like, it feels like that feels skeevy to me. The idea of being like, oh, Don, like having to read some kind of statement about someone, you know, is fucking awful and pretend that they're awesome. Cause office politics, like <sighs> dude, there's, there is a whole, whole rant I can go into about the, fakery that goes into becoming like a big time personality or even mid-tier and like just the the fake shit that you have to do and the ass that you have to kiss and the just all the the soul selling that you have to do and how it's not really worth it at the end of the day because really your reputation is all you have here uh, brian stelter Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo should do like a an aftermash version of CNN. Oh my god. <laughs> they could start their own network. Yeah, post CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Giant Q-tips for everybody. <laughs> um and yeah, nobody even cared that Susan Rice got fired. Nobody even talked to him. Right. They came right in as all this other shit was happening. And yeah, and Biden announced his um uh, his uh his twi- oh yeah oh yeah, i'm sorry i'm looking at the show notes and yeah i do i do need to mention well again well, this is not yeah, fair I'm, to you no no i will give you credit for this <laughs> because you know what i i forgot one of my main truisms when it comes to stuff like this malarkey stops the minute it costs somebody some money the dominion settlement whether that is or is not ultimately the thing that cost tucker his job it cost fox news 787 million dollars that's a lot of money yeah that's that the people and, who are trying to make it seem like oh if they make up that much money back in a year or stuff like that you don't understand like your shareholders when they hear you lost that kind of money in a lawsuit you're not you can't like people don't understand they think like they look at a spreadsheet but you can't sit down with your shareholders and go like oh it's no big deal guys yeah, we're going to keep everybody who like Lou Dobbs, all those people, they're going to stay on air and don't worry. We're just going to make this back in a year. That's not you're fu- You're going to get fucking your board's going to vote. You <laughs> You can't do that. Right. And That's it, not fiduciary responsibility to be like, eh, we can absorb $800 million in a defamation. We're a, we're a news organization right. settling a defamation suit for $787 million. But nah, it's fine. We don't got to change anything. And that is true. <laughs> like I, I, I forgot one of my truisms. And, and like I said, Fox News is never going to cop to exactly why they fired Tucker because they're like we – Tucker Carlson is dead to Fox News right now. If you never heard anybody on Fox News utter that man's name again, I would not be shocked. And that's just that's how they are. Like once you're, once you're off the reservation, that's it. Like you don't exist to them anymore. But something that was curious that I saw come out in the sort of Tucker reporting, and it ties back to the actual Dominion lawsuit, because right before Fox News and Dominion settled, there was a news story that the judge in the case basically got so pissed off at Fox News' lawyers that he called a special investigation into finding out whether Fox News' lawyers were lying about the extent of Rupert Murdoch's involvement in the day-to-day goings-on at Fox News because they were portraying him as like, I mean, on paper, 
Lachlan has been running Fox News for ages now, and Rupert's just supposed to be some, you know, he's just doddering old guys off doing whatever. But in the reporting on this, it was said that it was Rupert that made the decision to fire Tucker. So I'm like, okay, you can't say that he doesn't have day-to-day involvement in Fox News and then also still say he's got the juice to get Tucker Carlson fired to actually make that call. I mean, you could, but that would make, I mean, it could be true, but if it were true, that would mean the place is run in a really precarious way mm-hmm. where some, like some CEO emeritus who sits at home can right. still call up and be like, nah, fire him. Right. Like you can say Lachlan runs Fox news, but no, not, not if Rupert can make a phone call and be like, we're firing. It's Tucker. like a fucking crime family. We're like the it's, mob boss is well, in prison no. and he's like running the business still from like the prison yard. And it's like cliche to say, but it's like the show Succession is thought to be based off of the Murdoch oh, yeah, family. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. this is how they operate. Sure, I think it's a little more clever than that. I think it shows in a in a similar way to the boys. It shows uh, that everybody sucks, though. Right. That's the beauty of that show is everybody because shift because I haven't watched the third or fourth season, mm-hmm. but uh, early on in the show, Shiv. It's if you don't know, guys, it's about a family called the Roy family who own like a Fox News type network a father and three kids like two sons and a daughter <laughs> sound familiar yet <laughs> and uh the daughter siobhan leaves at some point to be like the comms director for like a bernie sanders character his name is like uh what is his name Bernie no 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 it's like <laughs> no it's like a jeb it's like a jeb kind of thing his name is like uh, glenn or something like that and yeah like his logo has like a exclamation mark glenn. <laughs> and he's also a shit like he's a so you know he's like a oh gill sorry gill that's <laughs> gill. it uh but he is shown to also be like a cynical political shit like behind the camera like in front oh, of the yeah. camera he's like you know, and we this these evil media corporations and so we need to raise the minimum wage or whatever. So he's, so he's Ted Cruz. Oh, four kids, right? Of course. See, that's why I knew I took pause. Yeah, because Connor. Well, that's all the, the whole thing, right? Because Connor is like way less involved. He's weird, and then he wants to run for president or whatever. Anyway, we're not going to spoil it because also I got to catch up. So, right. um, but but yeah, like, but I also think that shows like that sometimes contribute again to the image that everything is run like. <laughs> right. I I mean, yeah, and, and that there is, and people have made that point that it's like it's okay. It's like okay, we can all say Succession is based off the Murdoch family, and yes, okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's representative of how Fox News is actually right. run. I'll give an example of a, a, something that happens early on in the show they go to they do like a family gathering that they do once every once in a while and they play a game of softball right this sounds horrible already it is very horrible and there's a there's a family there's like a, the groundskeeper of the baseball field who's like a hispanic man is there with his like wife and kid or something like that and at some point one of the the roy kids says to the kid if you hit a home run i'm gonna give you this check for a million dollars oh that's the first episode okay good so that's not a big spoiler he says, I, he writes a check yeah. for a million dollars. And he says, if you get this, I'm going to pay you a million dollars or whatever. And it's all worked up to the thing. And like, he almost gets it and they tag him out at home or whatever. And then he just rips the check up in front of him. And as they're leaving in the background, you can see their lawyer like signing them to an NDA so that they can't tell. The right. And then that happens later often. Like they walk around after these kids who are like a hurricane, like the Trump kids or whatever, and sign everybody to NDA so they don't say anything. And yeah, they give him like a, they give him like a Rolex watch or something like that for his mm-hmm. troubles. Um, and I'm saying like, it's a great scene and it just shows, it really illustrates like what a disgusting bunch of people they are. But like, that's not, 
There's no the Murdochs didn't do that. Right. right? I, I don't I don't think the Murdoch they don't strike me as a very sporty type of <laughs> That's the part of it that seems it was like they would never do that with softball. Yeah, they don't seem very sportsy. That's great. They would have done it with like a game of trivial pursuit or something like that. <laughs> Maybe golf, <laughs> not, not softball. But I'm just saying that in reality, I'm slightly less inclined to believe the narrative that is based on like a crazy gossipy sounding thing. Like I said, like that. Rupert Murdoch's later ex read biblical passages and said that it's a little bit about like, like Tucker is like a biblical prophet. And he was like, no, oh, this girl's creeping me out. I'm going to dump her and fire Tucker. Carlson. That's literally not how Rupert Murdoch works. Like, exactly. That, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's like not how he works. this actually is in line with stuff that like Roger Ailes did too, which was mm -hmm. again saying this person makes me a lot of money, but uh, I'm looking beyond the, right. you know, the money I'm making at this very instant, you know, say what you want about him. He had foresight in that instance, not in the instance of like, not fondling women who worked for him. <laughs> that was his long-term plan. Not being, didn't hoist, really not being hoisted on his own petard. Yeah. No, no, his, uh, by the way, I found out that a petard is a bomb. Right. We just, we learned that on Jeopardy. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> hoisted on your own petard. You blew, you, you, you stepped on your own landmine essentially right. is what that means. I like You became that. too much of a liability to your own company. Yes. So per your own rules, you got to go. <laughs> This is how your company works, sir. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and and then we, as we said, like Biden is now like officially in the race, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like Kareem Jean Pierre had to say, like I confirmed with Biden that if he's reelected, he's going to serve out all eight years. That's really good when you got to say that. I mean, you got to reiterate that. Well, and, and here's the thing: like obviously, everybody knows Joe Biden is old. If he actually made it to like the end of his second term, he'd be 86 years old, which is really, really, really old. And so now we've got Joe Biden officially entering the race, which I, I made a joke on Twitter, but the, the, it's it's such a callback that in so much stuff has happened. I don't know if everybody remembers this, but a lot of people who supported him in the primaries back for the 2020 election did so on the basis of convincing themselves like, oh, he'll just he'll just do one term. Like he'll just do one term, so we don't have to worry about the age thing. We don't have to worry about this. It'll just be one term. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, here we are, because this is where this was always going to end up. He's always going to run for a second term. Well, if the midterm, if there was a huge red red wave in the midterm, I think he he they would have he would have been somehow Maybe. elbowed out. Uh, it is very interesting. I need to see Mark Halpern again, someone who goes on the commentary podcast occasionally, and has been saying for a while that his sources who are very close and very in the know are convinced that Biden was not going to run. I really would love to hear what he has to say. Now it's not taking an L cause he's just saying what he's hearing. Right. Uh, but it's, it, that is an interesting data point to me cause he's quietly on the sidelines there saying like, look, I'm, you know, I wouldn't believe this if I weren't hearing it. Right. Um, and there was very much a feeling after the midterms that because of the success of Democrats and the, failure of Republicans for their big red wave to materialize that basically Biden has no choice but to run now, which it's a big game. I think it's, I think it's a big game of like three way chicken, right? Cause, because I think that if, if by this point, for example, it would have been clear that Trump would not be the nominee for whatever reason hmm. he decided he wasn't going to run DeSantis announced and was crushing him in the polls or whatever, it would be harder. I think the reason they're confident to be like, yes, we're running for president is because they're pretty sure Trump's going to be the nominee. And they think that 
Biden has a shot against Trump, but not against other people, including DeSantis, which is what like the polls show. Right. Uh, and so that I, to me, that reads like confidence on their part that Trump will win the nomination. And that's where the three-way game of chicken is continuing because DeSantis isn't even in the race yet. And now there's all kinds of weird rumors that Trump's going to try to kill the bill that might allow him to run for president while he's still governor of Florida fucking massacre going on in the Republican primary or pseudo primary. Right. Like they're, this is just going to tear the GOP apart, which I don't fuck them. Honestly, they need a good (laughs) die in a fire. I don't care. This, this, this needs a good tearing apart, right? Because Trump was a a tearing force and there wasn't really an opposing tearing force. Everybody just kind of went with with his pull, right? Now there are forces that are pulling against and you're right. It will tear it apart. But I, I mean, again, I, when something is bad, you always want it to get destroyed and hopefully, you know, like come out of it better. Right. That's what I want, obviously. It's going to come out of it. Well, better better or whatever. You know what? Let me rephrase that. I think that Trump introduces an element, a bad element that can itself be removed while still keeping the GOP bad, if you know what I mean. Meaning like the GOP doesn't have to change, doesn't have to become unconservative or it doesn't have to become woke or whatever. It was it was very conservative and very stuffy and very right wing before Trump came along. It just also got icky. Here's the thing that I don't thoroughly understand at this point is why there are still people who claim to be Republicans, who claim to be conservatives, who still somehow think that the GOP is going to go back to at least pretending. (laughs) I, I say pretending because let's keep it real. It was always pretending that they're like, you know, small government, fiscally responsible. Like it's never going to be that again. It's not going to be that again. So Come to grips with that and make your decisions thusly. I mean, there are, there are some. No, because there are some people that are like, oh, maybe it'll go back to the way it was. Like, oh, you mean when they were lying about that stuff? I mean, sure, they can go back to lying about it. They were never truthful about it in Uh, the first place. So some credit where due. I will give some credit to like the American conservative uh, Claremont kind of people for saying this is what i'm giving them credit for Mm -hmm. for saying we need to stop calling ourselves conservatives and call ourselves something like reconstructionists or something like that because we're we're not conserving anything we lost the culture where we're trying to build back what was before so the term conservative shouldn't apply to us they're trying to set themselves aside from people who are calling those conservatives now at least that's an honest because what i a thing that i particularly hate in american politics is the uh, reappropriation of words. It's True. like conservative is what I say it is because I'm conservative and therefore conservatism is. So sometimes be like, no, let me drill down for a second on what this philosophy means and whether or not I think that's my philosophy. And if not, I'm going to call myself something else. That's, I'm still kind of mad that they did that to liberal too. So I, yeah, can't, sure. I can't say that you're wrong here. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that progressive and, I, and in some ways, a lot of progressives, like I hate the term liberal, fuck liberals. I'm a progressive right. liberals suck. And yeah, that's, there is a very honest thing about that, about saying like, I'm a leftist. I think liberalism is too wishy-washy and too centrist. And I don't know what, and is pro is too yimbyist and mm. I don't know what you neoliberal scum, <laughs> which are which are wanting to build things and actually wanting to improve life and stuff. Yeah, 
dicks. You see that a lot. Like a, a, it, this isn't so much true here as it is like in England. But yeah, like that's where like the trans – that's why so many like liberal, older liberal British mm -hmm. celebrities are like openly quote-unquote transphobic. It's because of how like the – how their liberalism when they were young celebrities in like the 70s and 80s was to – you know, feminism for example right. and stuff. And now, you know, like the whole like old school feminists are called TERFs and they're right. being seen as an obstacle to – and so a lot of these people who are like – fuck you, we fought gender uh, barriers right. like in the 70s and stuff. And so that's, and you see, it's it's interesting how a lot of like a uh, ton of people from like old British comedy, the comedy scene and stuff are seen, even though, because like Monty Python, because I think like uh, people in Monty Python were saying that too, like Eric, uh, was it like John Cleese, who is also quote unquote transphobic and stuff. But like they were working with people who were like openly gay and lots of drag. Right. Have you already seen Monty Python? Right. They're, I mean, they're decidedly on. not conservative in any way that you perceive. But on that kind of gender uh, war in England, at least a lot of them fall on like the, you know, on like the Matt Walsh side of things, I guess. Right. And I, there, again, there's whole rant I can go on here, but I understand the position of like older liberals and second wave feminists who did fight to have women's spaces created in society to have women viewed as people and not just like, you know, man junior or something like that, but that's like actual, like individual creatures who deserve their own spaces. And now they feel like those spaces are being encroached upon by men who are identifying as women I, I understand that. I understand when you, you had to like literally fight to have like women's leagues and sports to make it a situation where women could actually compete in sports and win and excel. And now you see the situation where men who are biologically men, they trans women, that's fine. But men who are biologically men coming into these spaces and creating the situation that existed before we had gender segregated sports. Like I understand that. I understand the problems inherent in that. And so like, I, I don't give them shit. And I do believe that there is like a discussion to be had there and whether, I don't know, maybe we need to do like the same way we did for women. Maybe we need to have like trans leagues. And that's the answer to that question. I don't know. But yeah, the things that get you labeled as like turf nowadays is like, you're, stop it. Shut. And I don't even know like, how much people even really believe in all that versus just rather just doing shit online for clicks and stuff. Like it's, that's, that's again, a whole the institutional topic. capture in England is severe in some cases mm -hmm. like Europe really takes this stuff to the next level. Sometimes not that I count England and Europe particularly. I mean, whatever I do, but because fuck them, but, the, it's the, but you're all, it's, you're all part of the generally the same land mass. But what's funny <laughs> is that like you're Europe enough for us. But what's funny is, especially when you talk about like trans stuff, like the UK went in hard on youth gender transitioning and now they're walking it back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they because, yeah, in a way they went in harder. They went in harder than we have and they're walking it back. They're like they're like five years ahead of us on that right now where they're like, OK, maybe we. Uh, yeah, we're still going like on the on the roller coaster. And they're like coming in, you know, like at the end of the track or in the beginning of the track and they're after they've gone after the loop. They're like, whew, you're in for a ride, guys. Right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, we can end just by Minch, bring, you know, like bringing up the Florida lawsuit yeah, against probably... Disney. We're going to talk more about it on the pod. It's just yeah. worth mentioning because yeah, we're going to read on it by by we're going to bring it up on the pod. She means we don't know enough. Well, no, like I, it's just it is. I, I mean, like I want to give you a chance to catch up and stuff, but it's yeah. just it is tasty. I'm yeah. sorry, this is just I. You know, it, and you pointed this out that like this is the funniest thing because now you're having to choose between the Disney Corp and Ron DeSantis, or and, just or more even more generally like the you know the government of Florida because it's not just Ron DeSantis; it's like the legislature and all that, right. and like the and whatever well, council that they put in. Well, I mean, as far as Disney is concerned, it is about Ron DeSantis yes. and that council because mm-hmm. those are the people that they are directly suing. They're not suing the state of Florida. They're suing them directly. Yes. Well, because – and I, I understand why because their argument is that, um, it, it, you know, like the whole thing happened specifically as a personal retaliation. Right. Right? What I'm saying is that effectively what this legal battle is is it's a battle between the, the state of Florida and the Disney mega corporation over whether or not some kind of special administrative district – they deserve to keep it or not or whatever. However, well, I mean, also this also goes to motivation, and that's the whole point of the Disney Disney's lawsuit that they they regret. They're they're so sad. <laughs> they're so sad that it came to this. I mean, they they had this lawsuit in drafts, ready to go, but they're so sad. They they so regret that it had to come to this. There's two elements here, right? Because on one hand. The the you have the the agreement itself, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are like, Bleh. I don't right. know if I love it. I don't love the idea that giant companies and 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 the, right. and the governments where they kind of do a handshake weird, like getting a stadium built and having taxpayers fund it, kind of shit like that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is the question is, and it's an important question, both legally and like morally or whatever, is whether or not. Like, you know, you can punish in any way, even in a way that like takes away a privilege that maybe they shouldn't have had to begin with. But if the initiating the inciting incident is you wanted to get back at them because they criticized your bill, you're going into iffy territory. Again, legally, I don't know because it's it it would be hard to prove. But, you know, this is what I don't Mm -hmm. know. This is what I so here's what I would have to look into. Was the the Reedy Creek thing up for renewal and they just did renew it or did they initiate a whole process out of nowhere? Because you know what? It's like the difference between a firing and like not renewing your contract when it comes up, right? Like you have to prove that it was because of this. We spoke about this on the um... – Oh, here. I'll, I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis didn't give a shit about Reedy Creek until Disney spoke out against the Don't Say Gay bill. They didn't give a fuck about Reedy Creek. This all started with that. Right. No, but I'm saying you're right. But we're talking about things that are legally like demonstrable, right? I think that none of us are under the illusion that this was anything other than – because I also think – another thing that I think was true was that this arrangement was ta- this sort of tacit thing of like stay out of our business, get right. your own tax thing, and just shut up. Like don't cause us any problems. And they, when they spoke up, they were like, oh, really? We, I thought we were like – the idea was we didn't clash with each other. We were friends, and so you don't want to be friends. Fine. Let's not be friends anymore, right? And, but 
Yeah. And I mean, like, keeping it entirely 100. I mean, I understand why Disney's doing this lawsuit, but they also probably realize that Ron DeSantis is not going to be a problem for them really for that much longer. By hook or by crook. Like, either he's going to run for president, which means he's not going to be an issue for them really as governor of Florida, or he's going to turn out. So honestly, they can just play the long game here. But that's what I kept saying. But but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Disney's legal team lives for suing people. They b- wake up in the morning. That's why it was so funny. That's like, we regret that it had to come to this. Like, no, you don't. You were bang. You were waiting for this. You, you were ready. You, you want this fight so bad. You are not sad about this at all. Disney legal team. Stop saying that you are. <laughs> We're so we regret that it had to come. No, stop. Mm-hmm. Y'all were you, you were. Ooh. Yeah, you're, you're the, that legal team. Ooh, yeah, yeah. they. Were, mm. And I don't know. And, like yeah, that. and like I said, I have thoughts. Again, I don't mm-hmm. think I think retaliation like this is puts you in a very precarious position, and it's not a good thing. And if it were a uh, reverse, a lot of people who love this would have hated it, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, and there's a lot to talk about there about how who now is and is not going to support the idea that corporate speech should be protected by the First Amendment because that's what Disney is suing for. Yes. They're suing on 1A and there was a couple other constitutional violations that they're suing on. And, and they're taking the high road of basically saying like, okay, like they're doing this to us. They're, they're doing they're, – they, they took the tack. They took the tack that conservatives take every time somebody they think somebody's attacking them. Like, like they're they're, they're if they're doing this to us, we're just they're doing it to us because we're in the way. Oh, they did it. To you, they did it when Scarlett Johansson was gonna sue them because of Black Widow. Because what had happened was like a bunch of when COVID hit, a bunch of people who had movies coming out and were promised like big you know have like big back-end deals meaning you take a lower that why does a netflix movie a random netflix movie cost 200 million dollars to make because uh big stars when they Mm -hmm. star in movies a lot of the money they make is off the back end off the profits that the movie makes they say like we'll pay 10 million dollars now and then you get another million for every x amount Mm -hmm. of tickets the movie sells or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but in net, because Netflix doesn't have that, they pay them the back end up front. So they get paid like a huge amount of money as though the movie was successful. Right. Um, uh, 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 where was I going with this? Um, you're talking about Scarlett Johansson and the black right. lawsuit. And so she got in this kind of trouble where they promised her like a wide release and then didn't do it. And we're like, sorry, COVID. And she was like, oh, that's not how this works. Like, we no. have a contract. <laughs> right. And so she was going to sue them and they're the the statement they put their legal put out was like it's unfortunate that she's trying to uh, use this pandemic as a cudgel and people are like how <laughs> fucking dare you it's you who are doing it you're not paying her because of covid but see no they're taking the high road here because they're like we disney company we have the money and the resources to fight this attack by the state on our rights to speech and we're doing this because you, you smaller companies who don't have the resources that Disney has, we're doing this not just for us, but for you. Yes. We have to fight this fight for you as well because we, Walt Disney, pay millions of dollars a year to have an insane legal team that will sue anybody for anything at any given moment. But we're doing this one for you. 
I, little guy. I'm just begging people have opinions on this, have strong opinions on who's right or who's wrong. But by no means should you be like rah rah for any of these motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like succession. Everybody sucks. Because <laughs> like, because like, go Disney was trending, and it was like, no, by by no means do you want. Come on, these are like the same people who will like sue your grandmother if they find a fucking episode of like. The, right, you know, of like, uh, God damn it, Wizards of Waverly play. Is that a Disney show? <laughs> I don't. I think Hannah Montana, the song of the South. No, no, no. Shame they don't. They, they don't. They don't distribute that anymore. No, that's like you a lot. Yeah, that's that's comedian. That, that's contraband at this point. Yeah, I, I, I you know that's what? A, that's almost sausage. As someone mm. who grew up in Israel, where racism awareness was like 40 years behind uh i yeah i because you only had one race well it was it, it was it, it's weird because um uh, yeah i mean yes like there, I, there was that, a big, was, that was that was meant to be a joke well there like, was a big immigration yeah. from ethiopia to israel right. in the 90s uh and so then there all of a sudden there was like a big a right relatively big black population and that actually did jokes aside did help bring uh, a sort of racial awareness and awareness about certain terminology and stuff that people freely use, like the, right. the what is now not the N-word, but maybe the N-word minus mm. used to just literally be the way you would say black person when I was like, a kid in, in and, a non, in a totally yeah. innocent and, fashion. And junior. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, 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 so yeah, like I remember, I was just the the the, the reason for his soliloquy was yeah that I saw that I I remember watching Song of the South on TV like probably in the early nineties, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I tell this story. I'm not gonna tell it now or ever again. But there used to be when I was a kid, there used to be a commercial for like satellite TV, you know, like Israeli direct TV. Right. And it was like a commercial that was like spoofing like American TV, and it was so racist i can't find it it's totally lost to oh time. i'm sure it's totally lost to time it was so racist i i i'm afraid to even describe it <laughs> what were black people eating like fried chicken and watermelon no jen <laughs> please do not use examples of racist things it was very racist let's just say that and it was played for like laughs very weird and like they had american actors in it i like did they have like shoe polish on their face no something? it wasn't it was black it was like black actors but like it was never mind we're not gonna talk about it stop it <laughs> shut up i'm turning off your mic i'd like you, to uh, you brought it up no well yeah whatever but uh, anyway it was but i'm, I'm just like that it was my point it, my point jen Is that was that like there was a it, uh, almost like a weird innocence about it. Like I, if it, it's so blatant when you see some of the stuff that was, or Japan, if you go, go on, cause this you can find on YouTube, like racist commercial Japan or something like that from the nineties and stuff. And it is, it's so blatant that you have to, like there has to be a, a measure of innocence to it. Like right. a, a, obliviousness maybe is a better word. And that's kind of the joke I was trying to make. It's like, when you grow up in like a homogenous sort of culture like that, where everybody is like yeah. one ethnicity, you don't really think about like how well, like the, when the things you say or the way you act really affects like another ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. If there's no one, right. If there's no person around you right. who would be offended by a joke like that, then it's, you're right. It's only offensive would, like on paper. Right. You Like, because like, there's like, you don't, you don't interact with black people. Like, 
I think they, because, I think there's studies on this where they say like that's like uh, uh, exposure to a certain kind of group exactly. is directly correlated to like a reduction in bias about that group, gay people or people right. of other races, all kinds of stuff like that. Anyway, right. racism bad, Jen. Well, yeah, yes, racism <laughs> is bad, and that actually is that that corollary of being exposed to people of other ethnicities and other races. Uh, lowering racism is a good thing, and that is kind of the way out of racism because that's I think that's the root of a lot of racism is like people just don't know or interact with those people so like you you have these stereotypes but anyway yeah anyway that was a, a huge digression but yeah anyway don't the the no one the... wants me to stop talking about race now <laughs> it's fine we're not because again we're because mm -hmm. the point is the point the our point is uh is that is is racism bad <laughs> racism is bad and okay. those of us who grew up in multicultural societies tend to not be racist that's that's the end. There's I a guess story. tend to, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, don't Disney is not a Disney is not a heroic. <laughs> don't rah rah Disney. This is gonna be this story is gonna be so fun to watch unfold. I'm telling I I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for, I'm I'm here for everybody. Jen's got her popcorn, her her Mickey Mouse themed popcorn. I I'm just ready to watch everybody all of a sudden be like Yay, corporate speech. Woo, woo. <laughs> yeah. Citizens United. Woo. <laughs> Everybody switched sides of the field. Yeah. You gotta love that one, right? Like that like <laughs> happened with the blue yes. like happened with the blue checks, where now everyone's like, Oh, blue check says what was a person who was like three weeks ago was the blue check about which people were like, Oh, blue check says what? It's just amazing <laughs> how readily people like uh, adopt the role of their opponent mm -hmm. when the, th when the tables get turned like that. Every, it's just amazing. Every damn time. It's just crazy. But, but, and also like adopt the same sentences like that is the creepiest shit to me where all of a sudden you're saying the memes that you made fun of like two weeks ago. It's like, do you not? Are you not? Yeah. Are you are are you okay? Uh, all ethics are situational. Yeah, man. Anyway, <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, I think this is a good point to kind of uh, mosey on up uh, <laughs> towards the exits. Before I say anything else about racism. Yes, exactly. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what other group you're going to try to offend before we get out of here. They're playing us off, Jen. They're playing us off. You're playing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who's the day here, who's sir? The day? I know, right? As I'm as I'm quickly scrolling <laughs> they, through my music library, they, yes. they are I'm playing sorry. me off. They're telling they're telling me you gotta go. It's in my it's in my, it's a it's the booth. I know you can't hear the booth. It's only in my headphones. What what? Yes, I know, I know, boss. I know, I'm doing it right now. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> We'd like to thank Jen. Jen's final all crossed out was Wednesday, was. April 26th. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And on that note, I think we're going to get out of here to the sweet sounds of MacGyver. <laughs> uh, we're going to get our parasails out now and just go fly away. Yes. Um, yeah. I, without further ado, we could just do the plugs, Jen. Okay. Okay. So the plugs. Um, obviously, you know where to find us here on Colin. Um, we are moving this to 7.30 now, tentatively on Wednesday nights. Let us know how you feel about that. Do you like this? You want it earlier? You want it later? Let us know. Anyway, our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, does drop on Mondays, and you can find it on all your podcast catchers. Um, you can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. 
You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. And now maybe Noam will stop playing air keyboard long enough to do his plugs. I'm rocking out. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter. Also, YouTube.com slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. Uh, ambitious crossover attempt on YouTube. Stay tuned. Tears of the Kingdom. Everything. Awesome. Dreams. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Noam. Um...